Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the True Man podcast, the podcast designed to create a generation of self-defined men. Today, I'm joined by Tahar. Tahar, thank you so much for being with me today. How are you? Amazing. As always, I love to start this podcast with my favorite question. And I know you've uh, we've been having a few conversations about it, but in your own words to heart, what makes you a man? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, Lewis. Well, that's an interesting question. Of course, there is the biological factor of having XY chromosome. And um, there's also the self-identification, which I want to talk about, and the, um, um, the recognition from society. Um, well, I think that's the, that's the more interesting part of uh, what makes me a man. Um, well. When I think about my life in general, I see as an early uh, or as a little toddler, you um, you don't really realize if you're a man or a woman, you're just consciousness and you're super curious about everything and you explore. And then slowly you get uh, conditioned to be or to let your ego awaken. And that happens uh, probably for example, through being called a certain name. So, um, and one thing that like uh, makes you uh, being accepted into school is to be able to write your own name so that you somehow also confirm that you, that you are this person. And um, from then on, society puts you in a kind of mold of being being a certain personality. And I think that's where you really start to develop your ego and start to say, okay, I'm, I'm a man or a female. And um, that's probably um, accompanying you through, throughout your whole life as you uh, add, add certain information and qualifications to your, to your identity. Um, and it becomes harder and harder to um start start something new that is unattached to your ego and um following that path i think being socialized is what made me a man for a long time until i think after uh finishing university when i started um more and more to question also things that i have learned and try to unlearn certain things to be open uh, about about me being consciousness and awareness experiencing reality. So maybe that's uh, what happens to all of us, you know, moving from being little children that are super open about uh, um, being just uh, awareness and um, also very interesting to see how children, you know, interact with uh, with a mirror. 
to being socialized and conditioned by society to function and be be part of uh, of an identity to um then m maybe with 11 12 um realizing so oh, maybe I for you it's changed uh, over time to, you, you still to sort of the opposite gender or not or thinking about or, it or that comes just, into your uh, awareness and over, over a period of and time then at one point having a second awakening and realizing okay it's not just uh, what what so society tells me about my identity there's more to it okay so right now if you just had to say in one sentence I'm to heart and what makes me a man is what words would you go with? Because I, I love the answer, but I really want you to just go. Yeah, exactly. Way. I think there's, uh, as as we get older, our perspective changes. And with that, everything else changes too. Awesome. There you go. I like it. It's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice angle on it. I think it's really important to to constantly challenge yourself and constantly question things. I I do agree with that. And being self aware really I helps think self awareness it gives you a bit more freedom, right? Makes in, in me a man sort of, in that sort of space. Um, so let's talk a little bit yeah. about how you've come to this conclusion and how you've sort of got here. So you mentioned as a toddler. Can you sort of explain to me what it was what it was like for uh, little Tahar sort of growing up? What was the sort of environment? What was the relationship with uh, parents and family? Well, um, that's interesting because I was born in uh, Tehran uh, on the 12th of July, 1988. And uh, it was a turbulent time in, in Iran. And I think the, the, the beginning of, of me entering, uh, entering existence, uh, entering the journey uh, was very turbulent and maybe that made my Consciousness wake up. So my first memories, are, are, as far as I think that, are, that are my my own memories, are really early. Me watching, uh, you know, a crowd protesting from the balcony, and um, for me, growing up was uh, uh, turbulent too because I. I was, um, as I'm born in summer, I was able to enter school with five years. And um, so everyone was a little bit older than me, which um, also made me um, develop maybe a little bit faster. And and uh, my parents decided after first, uh, yeah, finishing first grade in awesome. the summer holidays so to move to Germany. Was, was, was and, the decision... Um, I had a completely new environment just here let's, um, let's to adapt to, and the teacher suggested to repeat the first grade. Uh, so that's something that uh, a lot of people know about me, that I had to repeat the first grade in order to learn German. 
Yeah, well, um, I think it, it came more from my mother's side since uh, uh, her sisters were already here in Germany and Italy and um, she was having a very close relation to them and um, um, so, so she also wanted um, us to grow up in an environment into, where it's into like when I say us, it's my, like my sister and me like um, in an environment that is like maintaining them, is better for our development and yeah, I'm super grateful that um, that I had the chance to uh, grow up in, in Germany. Well, um, family is super important to me since uh, uh, the roots of of me being alive are through my family, and um, and um, I think that um, as we as we get older, every moment okay. gets more precious for us and also for our families um, following our journey. So. Uh, I'm aware of that, and 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 I hope I can um, collect good memories with my family to to uh, to to save for later. So because that's have, actually so what what we do, you know, we, we, collect, we collect we collect memories. Um, yeah, and when when you're when you're very old, and uh, the other wall becomes nearer and closer what you reflect on is your your good memories and you can can nourish and harness them yeah well um right now as i'm in spain um um i would say it's it's a bit hard to to stay in touch since uh, it's an intense time here to uh, follow an entrepreneurship program. But um, amazing. Yeah, so thanks to digital sort of tools, we stay in touch and school in Germany. So and have as you that sort of kind of through that, as, uh, I guess the new relationship being sort of um, uh, held back as well. And uh, what was yeah, that I'm looking forward to like to meet for you, family and also school, uh, my relatives uh, new soon. Language. How, how um, did you cope? What was your maybe Christmas memories of that? So um I think it's interesting that um when you when you have to adapt to a complete new environment a new language um a lot of things um happen where for example now I see the benefits um I uh, I developed a very good sense for learning new languages um throughout my life and um I, I learned like 
English, French, um, Spanish, Italian, and um, um, maybe learning languages was uh, was easier for me since I had to learn German early on. And um, the the first part of my life uh, growing up in Germany was uh, close to my my aunt here since my mother uh, was, uh, you know, moving, moving to, to her sister. And I have a, a cousin who is one and a half years world. older than me. So, so I, what, um, what was that from like? social side, to think? Was um, from, for, from day one, had, uh, he supported me to, a little bit to integrate and well, to, to, to have friends. So that, that part was, was um, easier. Coming from Iran, but also still sort of living in that, in that culture what what was that like navigating that as you sort of grew into sort of teenage years and and beyond It's a bit being between two chairs uh, when you realize more and more than that you're um, not like fully German, but you don't identify being uh, Iranian uh, completely. So um, you, for people who who have who have intercultural experiences. Um, or who who moved away with their families during their childhood? I think um, I can I can speak for for this group in the sense that um, you have to um, decide for yourself um, uh, what your identity is based on and um, and to um, to which cultural um, 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 yeah parts. From from which you know to which yeah, cultural I, parts um, do you think like you uh, you identify the more? Bits, but like so for me, it was and it's all a continuous have. question. I I obviously didn't have that. I and um, where I that make, and, makes it also yeah, a little bit more interesting to uh, to uh, to have that open mindset. Couldn't um, like country based or religion based or whatever it might be. It's still important to explore, even if you're you don't have those choices, so to speak. Like it's always good to question. Well, why do we live here? Like for me, as soon as I could uh, leave, I left. So it was, yeah, it's an interesting sort of concept that is probably easier for you to think about because of the positions you were put in at a younger age. But I think, for my opinion, I think it's definitely something that you should always think about no matter sort of where where you're from uh so yeah it's an interesting sort of take on it but i think it's i think it's valuable for for people uh, in general so let's talk a little bit about career and like what was sort of next after school it it sounds like school was pretty pretty okay there wasn't any crazy stories no sort of like crazy bullying it was just a case of cracking on and and sort of and living life and learning many languages which i'm extremely 
jealous about. But the next sort of stage for, for most people's lives is that sort of university career aspect. Did you have that sort of conversation about should I go to university or should I go straight into a career? Because I know, again, there's cultural uh, differences on that. What was your experience with that? Um, well, I, I thought, okay, now you put so much effort into getting your A grade, uh, A levels and your diploma. So you better continue also with university. And that was also the mindset that I was uh, brought up with during childhood to learn as much as you can and as long as you can uh, through schooling and university. So I decided to continue the path and first wanted to start to, to study medicine. I had to, you know, wait a while to be accepted. And I thought, okay, maybe I continue what I was best in. My best subject was history. So I, I decided to, to study history and, and politics to just wait for, uh, for getting accepted for, for medicine. But as I continued studying, it was... You know, time fly, flies by so fast that I, then I got my bachelor's. Nice. And, was um, and, uh, why? Yeah, why did you decide? On my, on my first not, do you, do you remember why you to, decided not to, to go into it, or was it just a case I of still, somehow sometimes oh, three years about it? And if I now got a degree, win the lottery ticket and didn't have to uh, earn money, uh, I would probably go back and uh, and finish that dream. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I moved to Munich to start, uh, to start uh, university and, and uh, I built up like my friends. I had the job at, at the Siemens headquarters that was really fun and uh, yeah I was so busy with my studies that somehow uh, I wanted to finish that chapter uh, and yeah so medicine that must have left you in a bit of a to move to a city and uh, just weird position put, because obviously put my one, life on hold one of those degrees and, leads into uh, a job and leads into a career path and oh, leads into quite a clear just an, an, uh, vision of what you sort of achieve. Just, uh, and the other one is obviously, so fast. like you say, something and, you're good at, something that you're passionate about, yeah, but doesn't I, have a clear to... career path. So what did what sort of went through your mind during those sort of three years and thinking about that from what would have been a really simple path of become a doctor, work your way up, become a specialist, et cetera, et cetera, to essentially having some freedom.
Yeah, that's so true. And uh, for example, my professor, what should I do with the uh, with my history degree? And uh, he said, yeah, you can become chancellor or go into journalism. And I always had the sense that the chapter is open with uh, with my future and with what I'm going to do with it. So um, that's, again, one, one part of um, having an unidentified path um, and having to decide. Um, so um, it, it leaves so many options open, what to do with it and, and how to continue. Um, as, as you said, it's, it's not so clear what, what profession you will, you will be in after studying history and politics. So that's, um, yeah, that's one, one thing that, um, that I was thinking about a lot and, um, so you carried on maybe that's also, um, yeah, Did part it become of more clear why I, um, still open um to continued to study again, uh, technology and management. Um, because um, I I didn't find a good answer what to do with the with history and politics bachelor of arts. Yeah, well, um, um, maybe the time at Siemens really influenced me. Um, and and brought up this desire to become uh, an entrepreneur and um, um, and and that's also why I, I went back to TU Munich to to study management te technology and and from day one most important for me was to be in the um, be together with people who are um, in that case also younger than me and also super open to um, new ideas from business perspective. And um, uh, I think I, uh, I spent a lot of time on entrepreneurial events and getting to know people and networking. And maybe that's also nice. um, think now thinking that about it. For yourself, uh, when you're unsure uh, of what's the next step. Because I, I didn't know, I, I, I never knew exactly what I'm going to be after that? studying that, history and politics. So um, that was also helping a lot to, to see and hear what other people want to do in the entrepreneurial um, spirit. To some degree, yes, uh, and uh, to some degree, no, because what happens is uh, after studying so many years, you realize that, uh, well, do I, do I really need all that knowledge? Do I really need all that? theory to start uh, entering the arena and uh, at one point I also realized well um, 
maybe I need to unlearn a few things. Um, and maybe I, uh, I want to um, think about life one more time uh, from, uh, from a perspective that is not biased. Um, so this um, desire to somehow also wake up and, uh, um, and also um, to, to question what I had learned, that uh, grew bigger and bigger over time. So that I started to okay, cool. so, um, uh, let's touch on that that unlearning develop part, the habit of meditation. A lot of people. What, what in your definition? What do you mean by that? What focusing do you, what do you mean by my that? senses on the on the inside to get the answer to the questions throughout my whole life. Well, you know, um, in the beginning, it's, uh, uh, as I said, we, we start to develop an ego and an identity and uh, we are conditioned into being a certain um, persona uh, that society expects from us. And... Um, that continued uh, for me throughout school, uh, always a little question mark and the question mark grew bigger and bigger. And my curiosity, because I was not so much defined as being intercultural, I grew bigger. And also through studying history and politics, I, I didn't know what to do next. So that grew bigger and bigger. And my desire to, um, to, to start um, moving more and more into the present. And, uh, and when you're in, in, really in, in, in the present moment, what really makes you uh, um, a human being or, or who and what you are in general, that, that question became very present for me because uh, when you close your eyes um, so it's a way of sort of right? questioning societal and what's the schedule of life I knew what the schedule was at school I knew what the schedule was at university but uh, what is the schedule of life and, and that question grew more and more and I couldn't answer it on the outside so I started to look on the inside Awesome. I think it should. I think it should be uh, a constant question because it goes quick, right? Yeah. On this little rock. And you, uh, when you're uh, open uh, about your role you on earth you're and about wall, your ex uh, experiences a, here, nice I think that yeah, question uh, may come up for for everyone at, at one point by a lot of people. Uh, in life. So let's talk about let's talk about action. You talked about that you've done this learning and that you said that it was about sort of 
time to take action. So what was your sort of first step into the world of the world of work, shall we say? Yeah, so um, um, I I spent a lot of time with uh, entrepreneurs. I was uh, involved in entrepreneurial activities at the TU Munich, um, became like the president of Start Munich, which is the entrepreneurial uh, yeah, um, club at, at the university. And um, um, I started to, you know... Um, think about uh, I think from from early on to to get a better insight about uh, the mindset of entrepreneurs and and went to work at Unternehmertum which is the innovation center for entrepreneurship uh, um, closely working together with TU Munich and um, and from I don't know somehow uh, maybe that was just a coincidence. There was a company insights workshop from KPMG about um, trend analysis and about um, new business ideas and about uh, forecasting and what the future may look like. Um, that sparked my curiosity and I applied uh, and uh, started uh, my journey in consulting. I really loved um, that in consulting, you have the ability to get to know a lot of uh, different sectors, a lot of different companies in a very short time. And being undecided about my career, um, that helped me a lot to see how uh, other companies do. And, uh, and we were able to um, actually uh, build trend analysis and build forecasting and models that allowed us to guide our clients and tell them what the next five to seven years may uh, may influence their business model. So um, I think that that was very valuable for me to see, okay, uh, at each, each company also um, is struggling. Uh, a little bit to um, to adapt to such fast moving markets and um, and um, I also realized um, that i'm that i'm very uh, very keen on um, on um, having you know um, um, a creative mindset about business ideas, and I, um, I want so to more and more start my, my own entrepreneurial journey. Allowed you to explore sectors, uh, but that also just think made the itch bigger. That, it was like a, I, need to, I need to do something in somewhere, and uh, telling all these businesses how well they're going to do over five years. You were like, I need a piece of this action. Is that that? That's the next thing that, right? that I want to do. Nice man. I uh, yeah, I can I can imagine that. I've never worked 
with like a consultancy i've obviously worked with um businesses from like an agency point of view but it's usually very like area specific so yeah i can you, your mind must be like ideas all the time because there's so many so many things going on which yeah is, that's right it's really cool that's exactly so, it leap of faith then or what 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 happened what happened next <laughs> the big sea ball Yeah, well, um, um, COVID happened next. And, and uh, I think for all of us uh, during the pandemic, we were able to zoom out a little bit. And uh, we had to stay at home in lockdown. For me, lockdown happened uh, during vacation. was a very nice place on the, on the Bahamas where I was stuck because I couldn't return. Uh, no flights. And, uh, and on that small island, I was probably one of the only tourists there. I had a lot of time to think about what I want to do next. And so you know, I started to become a freelance consultant and continue what I had done at KPMG strategy and innovation consulting uh, on a freelance basis. And uh, from beginning on a few fellow entrepreneurs that I knew from my network who were interested in working together with me. So I um, started uh, one project for six months um, with a friend, um, Adrian, who I also got to know at Unternehmertum. And um, yeah, we uh, worked together um, two times before, and and this time we uh, decided to work together on his new uh, startup. So from from pitch deck uh, to um, uh, to building up the company, that was my my uh, first uh, project as a freelancer, and. Uh, after securing so um, seven-digit funding from an angel investor, he asked if I want to be the the, his well, right hand and, and start back to, to the Bahamas and, cheap uh, operating and spending COVID there. Which, I mean, uh, for I some people, to uh, like I grow into that role and to also um, grow and scale the like company together with him and, uh, and make I the first hack. Imagine how some people went through went through COVID and sort of those things, but. From your point of view, you've obviously explored the world and, and lived in um, a number of places and those sort of things. How important is the environment that you're sort of in when it comes to, let's use your example, some of those unlearnings and also from a work point of view and also a family point of view, uh, how do you see the environment around you? Um, as you mentioned, we're both in Spain now. So what what does that mean to you and how does it help you align with everything else that you've been talking about
I think environment is key because there's a saying, choose your friends wisely, the five people you you spend time with also, you know, um, uh, influence you uh, the most in, in your journey. And I think that not only um, our, our, our family and friends influence us, but also the environment and, um, and being in an, um, being, being open for traveling and being open to, to move to new places and and to um, try to experience that place not from uh, from your ego perspective and from what uh, from uh, your identity that that brought you there, but just from uh, perspective of uh, being aware and being consciousness and looking at looking back at the world as uh, Alan Watts says, uh, we're all. Uh, um somehow just uh, experiencing uh, experiencing uh, the the world and experiencing consciousness that that looks back at its own creation and uh, and i think that is that the that the, you need an open environment to be able yeah. to zoom out and to be unbiased yeah i completely agree i mean if you look so at it from a start to wake really up and start to point of view also it's as simple uh, as having a tiny a desk or the equivalent of what you need right? but i think what life, you're saying it's all about that so for me, a lot happened also during COVID in that, in that sense, whole, I guess. I mean, which was only possible through an open environment something that i'm interested in because I know of people that are born in a town, live in a town, die in a town, and that scares me. That scares me a lot. And I think you look through history and you look at how innovation happens and how even things like as simple as food and drink change, it's because someone somewhere said, there's got to be something better over the hill. So I'm going to go and have a look and see what's around. And then if I like that, I'll stay, but if I find something that I like and I think people where I'm from will enjoy it, I'll take it back. So like spices, tea, like these are all things that the UK never had until someone said, I'm getting on a boat, I'm going to go have a look about. So I think it's, uh, you're right, it's, it's both macro and micro when it comes to environment. I think they're both sort of symbiotic and work well together. And I think you need to, you need to think about both in in all stages of life. Um, you may it may not be possible to move. You may have family commitments and things like that. But it's not it's not wrong to think about them. And there's other ways of exploring those areas now, right? We're in such an open world. It's you don't have to go on a an eight month uh, cruise around the world to explore these days. So yeah, I, I do think that's important. So you touched on meditation and you touched on sort of the other side of things that you explored during COVID. Is that the main thing that kept you sort of, I guess, sane and allowed you to sort of explore explore these sort of ideas? Or is there anything else that you've sort of been doing external of work in your life? 
Well, um, I totally agree with you that you don't have to, you know, move around and travel every place to um, to be able to um, mm, uh, get get closer to life and get closer to um, um, to existence and to wake up in a, in a certain way. It's, and, and I think that you can you can have that experience anywhere in the world by going inside. Um, I, I strongly believe whatever questions we have that we are searching on the outside, uh, the answers to them are already there when you look inside. And you can have that in a very dark place, uh, but you can also have that in the Bahamas. So um, it just makes it much easier um, to be in an open environment um to to maybe also have a kind of aura that allows you to to um to start to start meditating or to start going inside and um what i also did is i i read a lot of uh literature on on that um Maybe yeah. starting with uh, Eckhart Tolle, um, then moving uh, to Alan Watts, and then moving to Eastern philosophy. Uh, that helped me a lot to also um, um, unlearn certain things and uh, somehow start again from, from a... Um, from a place where I am, I'm just pure awareness and then adding to that. Um, so. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference between? I think before starting sort of Western, to explore uh, and before starting to search for, the uh, for these great teachers, exploring. So that's interesting as well. There was this desire to, to, that side of things. to so wake up again. And the um, differences, and that led to finding the answers. Probably um, we in the West are much more materialistic and much more attached to our ego. Um, and um, what, what we try to prove through a scientific way, um, um, Eastern wisdom uh, has, has said for, for a long, long time. And now slowly things are just proven by us scientifically. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, I think um, materialist, materialism. Um, and I think that's the, that's in, the biggest difference. And how it's showcased now. If you want to free yourself from, from, the, the, from the Western view to just get to a balanced perspective, I think that's very valuable and, um, to follow up on the Eastern philosophy and Eastern wisdom in that regard. It's very easy through social to rent certain 
houses, rent certain cars, rent certain watches. It's very, it's significantly cheaper to create a perception of a lifestyle than maybe it was even 10, 15 years ago. Like this speed of culture and this change of we need the next best thing. Like this is already out of date. I bought it six months ago. They've just brought a new one out. It's now obsolete in the world of materialism. So for me, it's really important. I think it's the most important thing that people need to consider when it comes to this this starting point because it's probably the hardest one to let go of, right, as well, because like we're so ingrained in, from, a, from a Western point of view that need the nice house, need the nice car, need the nice holidays, need the nice partner. All of these things are ingrained in us and they're almost human nature now, right? So it's an interesting angle, uh, most definitely. And I think... Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. You know, Louis, everything materialistic also comes with a price. Um, so the more, uh, um, the more we, we own, the more we also get attached to, to our uh, belongings and the more we also have to take care of them. You know, there's just a certain amount of, uh things you can experience at the same time you cannot live in five houses at the same time but if you own five you you're constantly um having to deal with the uh, with um with certain things to take care of your property and that takes a, a lot of your attention um so um we like to maybe lose ourselves in our in our uh, materialistic way of consumption and whenever we um yeah that's um we uh, get bored we may start to just buy uh, new stuff and uh, you know and uh, that can keep keep you busy but the bigger question is like busy doing what yeah i think so too i think and uh, when all the way back to you know, the, the very beginning of this, when you think about it, so a generation of self-defined um, men. If you can self-define uh, why you want just, something or why you're just doing try to focus on but that question. Doing it um, I, why I'm busy, but but why? I've seen that on Instagram, Instagram, so I want to do that. Like that's wrong. That's the wrong. And there are a lot of, of thinking. So yeah. I think you've broken that down really nicely and put it in a sort of digestible way for people to to think about so yeah I, I like that i like that angle why <laughs> why are you doing what you're doing that's uh, that's a good question awesome so taha thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure um i've thoroughly enjoyed it it was great to hear from you um is there oh actually yes i always i always like to start i always like to finish how i started so based on the conversation that we've had in a in a nice short sentence, Taha, what makes you a man?
the summary of all my experiences and uh, the the summary of uh, everything that I collect to my identity, uh, but also at the same time being aware that that's only one one side of the coin, and the other side of the coin doesn't matter if you're about your gender. It's just uh, it's just pure consciousness. Uh, I believe that we're all one and just packaged differently and only able to experience uh, um, from one perspective. But there's much more to it. And if you really want to find out, start to question things. Uh, busy doing what? Uh, how, how much of my opinions are really mine? And, and how much have I just borrowed? Nothing more to add. That was a perfect. And, thank you so uh, much again. And thank you very much. It's a bit All like right. uh, a, an onion that you peel. And if you start to peel it, um, you will get closer and closer to, to yourself and to life itself. Thanks for having me. Bye.